The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim Hude. Zim, say what's up. What's going on, world? We're uh, in a nice spot, I think, in a world... Here we got some different information, I guess, going on with jerseys and all is well. The, the sun's coming out. How you feeling today? Feeling good, bro. Like, it's it's kind of crazy because, as you said, on Sunday, we were tuned in. I was just kicking it. It was my son's birthday. So we were at the park, and I just got this explosion on, on Twitter. I think the first time I actually saw it was actually on your page. So I was on IG. And I saw you say, like, they're saying that these are the jerseys. And it was, I think, from an eBay listing or something like that. So I hopped on Twitter. I saw Joe Goodberry saying the same thing. And everybody started just pretty much giving giving their opinions on the jersey. Like, I saw a lot of people slamming them. I personally thought that they were cool. I showed my wife the two jerseys. She said that she didn't like the orange ones, but she she said that she thought that the the black ones were dope. And then a lot of people were questioning like the integrity of the picture. For me, the same thing happened. I don't know if people remember this. The same thing happened with the color rush jerseys. They leaked super early. They ended up being exactly what we were using. And so there were a lot of people questioning it and stuff like that. And I tend to kind of agree with you, as you said, but I'll let you speak on that more, more so about the jersey itself. So from what I saw, I actually like them. I know a lot of people are going to probably be like, Ace, how do you like I like them, bro. I'm I'm not going to cap to y'all. I'm not going to lie. And I think it's kind of hard to say now what your thoughts are because you don't know what the – like no one knows what the pants are going to look like. So you don't know right. if they're wearing black on black. You don't know if they're wearing black on white. Uh, but for me, it's a new look. It's clean. I like them personally. That's just my thoughts on it. Do I think that they're the greatest thing in the world? No, I'm not here to like try to sell it, you know, sell it to people like that. But let, let's just back it up a little bit. Um, so, like I said, somebody sent it to me, like the eBay listing. I kind of didn't pay attention, and I wish I would have posted it right then because I posted like super, super. I, I mean, I knew about it super, super early. An hour later, I'm like, you know what? They said I started looking at it a little bit more. I'm looking at the details inside the jersey. 
like different things that I know that just my background and like the clothing industry and stuff, like me working for like different stores and stuff like that. This is how replicas look, and they're they're predicated on. Okay, so Nike's say you're in China right now, and, and this is how fake shoes and everything get made too. Say you're in a in a factory right now. It's twenty thousand jerseys sitting on the thing. You've been helping make it. All it takes is one person to say, "I'm gonna take this copy. Uh, I'm gonna take this jersey with me home today." Only takes one person to steal it, take a picture of it. Boom! Once they had it with the advancements of Photoshop and all these different programs that are used to make items, they then go and try to replicate the same thing. Because a couple people have pointed out to me, well, that's not Paul Brown's real uh, signature on the inside collar or whatever. Perfect example. Yeah, it's not the exact same one because this probably isn't the final version of it. Or let's say that this is, um, but you know, like, because of the computer software that they're using, didn't quite copy it the way that the real authentic version will be. So they take this version and then they replicate it and they put it out to the untrained eye. Say that, say we're two, three years from now and this jersey comes out into the untrained eye and you buy this jersey from wherever, a fake version of it or some from somebody else. For the untrained eye, person probably like, yeah, it's a Bengals jersey, 60, 70 bucks. I'll buy it, right? But what happens is this is a leak of what it's going to look like. And so most people are saying, God, these suck. Think about this. Take this into context. Is that first of all, you, the Bengals didn't have the the proper opportunity, and this is the part where I kind of feel for them. Because if I was dropping a brand new jersey, I want to unveil it the way that I want to. I would hate to see somebody see a grainy ass picture on eBay, a women's jersey for the black one. And thank God that there's guys like uh, Dick Hall. Uh, my other guy, Bengals Media, I know Goodberry tried to do it as well, but, like, trying to, like, show y'all what a game day jersey would look like. So that's the one. Make sure y'all understand that you're not looking at the final product. You're not seeing them on your fa- on your favorite player, too. When they do the videos and stuff like that, it's going to look lit. Like, people going, like, Jesse Bates and all these guys that I'm pretty sure they're going to get in a real photographer, a real uh, photo studio. You're going to have all these different elements of – this is how what makes stuff look cool. But looking at a random listing on eBay, someone copying what's really about to come out is not a fair way, and it's not fair to the Bengals that all the fans are just like, these are trash. Give it time. Let them unveil it. If you don't like the style of it, I understand. Like like I said, they're not my favorite jerseys. I think that through time, I think y'all are going to like them. I think a lot of people will because they, they look a lot like the mocks. But people couldn't really visualize it in their head because you're looking at such a bad photo quality of a jersey. Even though the orange one that was a better quality picture taken, it's still not like, you know, like when you get the Bengals one in 4K, it's going to look so much different. And then you see it on a player, it's going to look so much different. But that those are my initial thoughts on this. Like, you have to understand, like, the process of how fakes or replicas are made, how it only takes one person, just like it only took one person in me or one person in Goodberry to leak the actual photo. All it takes is one person. Now, from these leaked joints right now, there are people that are going to be making fake versions of this right now. That's how fast it happens. Some people are saying, like, that's not going to be like, listen, they're not taking no time when Balenciaga's get stolen, Yeezy's get stolen. The person in China is saying, I'm going to go make a replica on this because I'm looking at 50,000 of these joints going out right now and they're selling fast. 
they're not making this for fun. They're not nobody right. playing around in the studio putting Paul Brown in the thing. In China, they don't even know who Paul Brown is. Think about that. Right. So you gotta understand, like, this is the style, this is the concept. This might be just an early concept for all we know, but this is what the New Jersey is gonna look like, whether people like it or not. And I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off of that, because also like my mom had spent some time, like you said, in like Shenzhen and China and stuff like that. And obviously, with me being a sneakerhead, we we kind of know about this. And obviously, if you're a Bengals fan, you should know about this too. So when people are saying the jerseys are fake, if you're talking about the authenticity of this being actually from the NFL, like their officially licensed jersey, yeah, it might not be, but it's still a replica of what the NFL jersey is going to be. Like when you see a fake Bengals jersey and it's like, let's just talk about the current jersey, right? You get a color rush Jesse Bates. We all know they've never made a Jesse Bates color rush. Those people take the same design and they replicate it. And looking at the signature dress, that's not a smart idea to kind of go off of because generally just in the sneaker game, if we're talking about a shoe that has Kobe's signature on it or a jersey that has Kobe's signature on it, right? That's usually the way that you can tell the fake from the real. But the real one still has that signature there. It still has that right. same thing. But there's going to be small details, and it's not going to be the actual design. It's going to be stitching. It's going to be like little right. little right. things like that. The tag might be different. But the overall the design is still the same. Think about a fake Jordan. Right. You might see a, you ever seen a fake Jordan with a fat Jordan on it? It's because yes. they took, you know, like somebody's operating off of, I'm trying to emulate the Jordan Jumpman, and this is how it came out when they stitched it. And that's a huge part of the Chinese economy is bootlegging. They make fake iPhones. They make fake, and they have high-quality ones. They have low-grade quality, and then they have all the way up to high-grade quality to the point that you can't even tell which one is real and which For one is sure. fake. So like the AirPods, I bought these AirPods in my ear right now. They're a little funny to me. Somebody walked mm -hmm. up to me at a gas station, brand new in the box. Everything to the T was mm -hmm. like $40. I'm like, of course they couldn't be real. He like, nah, bro, they real. I don't think they're real. I can't tell though. Like the quality of them, mm -hmm. they feel a little lighter, but that's, that's, it's a big business. And people got to understand it takes time like for that stuff to come out. Like the new, the real jerseys, might not come out still until like April or whatever, or like right yeah. around like whenever the draft is or whatever, because there's still things that they have to do to find stupid okay. with a you know you know like to get all the details and stuff straight. But I'm I'm like ninety nine point nine percent like just off of me like no source from nowhere. The source is me. Like ninety nine percent, ninety nine point nine. Like I've seen this my whole life. This is how replicas are made. Like China don't know the Bengals. Right. They they know absolutely. And that's that's this is what you have to think about, too, is that's part of their economy. It's legal over them over there for them to do this. And that's like what most of their economy is built off of is getting these designs. And like Zim said to you guys earlier, they have the NFL probably has a place that they outsource possibly in Asia or wherever they get them where they see the actual designs. And what they do is they have access to those designs. They send it to someone else to start bootlegging. And we've seen this in the sneaker game. We've seen it in fashion, in terms of clothes, like Zim is saying. Like, this happens all the time. It's not hard for them to get it. And like Zim is saying, 
they don't know the Bengals, but they know the design. They know the players. And that's probably why you saw them make an A.J. Green jersey. They're not hip to what the Bengals have going on, but they do know that one of the most popular jerseys for the Bengals is A.J. Green. So from the design standpoint, I, I agree with them. I think these are the real ones. I would bet on it for sure that they're the real ones. But like Zim is saying, it makes no sense for the Bengals to come out now in an offseason where players are starting to go train and leave Cincinnati to be like, okay, these are the jerseys. Obviously, they want to roll these out, especially with it being a big campaign and everything behind it. It makes way more sense for them to wait until they can actually shoot something in 4K. If you just think back to the color rush uh, reveal, those jerseys were leaked. The Bengals said nothing about them. And then the next thing you had was a promo with Tyler Boyd, Carlos Dunlap, and all of these guys doing it. And that's the way that they're going to do it with this. So, yes, these may be the jerseys. It sucks that they didn't get to do this, but this was expected. I mean, honestly, Zim, I knew when the Color Rush ones got got leaked that these were going to get leaked. Like, everybody gets leaked, and not just the Bengals. They also showed that the Browns and the 49ers have some alternate jerseys that were also leaked in the same fashion, like on eBay like that. I, I also, uh, somebody showed me a Browns one, like an anniversary one or something. I meant to send it Quincy this morning, but there's another leak that somebody showed me today. And it the difference is the photography on this one that I was talking about um looks a lot better. So mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a I'm so I act I act Quincy in that uh but because I thought they would look pretty cool. It was like a some anniversary thing. Uh before now that we talked about the jersey enough, um I can't wait to see the pants and everything like that. But let me um uh, uh, going to the Duke Tobin press conference today. Did you have any takeaways from the part that you see? It wasn't really much today. I've been told from um, from the Bengals organization that I feel like they're going to put Duke Tobin out in front um, probably this whole entire week. So this might not be the only presser. But out of the today, did you see anything or hear anything that kind of struck your observation radar? I mean, I think it is generally what we usually get from Duke Tobin. And I understand, like, being in the position that they're in, they don't really want to give away their hand and say exactly what they're going to do. But he did get insight, like he said, to them possibly being involved in free agency, them looking around the league and actually looking at other teams and trying to guess, you know, which guys they're possibly going to let go, which I thought was interesting because – it makes me feel like they're aware of guys like Gabe Jackson that were cut or guys that could be cut with other teams, primarily New Orleans and some other other places that are in cap flux right now. So I think that we got a sense that they will be involved in free agency. Um, they are adapting to this new draft format where they have to do everything from Zoom. Um, so that was good to hear. And then I think that we heard him speak about Geno Atkins. You could tell that he has respect for Geno Atkins. But he said that we're going to wait and see on that, which generally when you talk about waiting and seeing with just around the NFL, you kind of know what that means in a sense. Um, So he had admiration and respect for him. And he even tried to give him kudos and say, you know, the Geno Atkins that we saw in camp and the Geno Atkins that was hurt obviously wasn't the same Geno, but we'll see what happens moving forward. So I think for me, it's kind of hard because, like, I think our fans sometimes expect them to say, hey, well, we're targeting Zach Ertz and stuff like that. But a lot of that, you can't do that. That's like illegal. Like, you can't say 
that's tampering. Like you can't say exactly who you're going after these guys and stuff like that, or you get fined by the NFL. The one thing I think that he said, he touched on the draft picks in terms of them not wanting to trade many of them. I wondered how interesting that was because I know that there's some kind of system set up to where there's certain free agents that you can't go after unless you give up a compensatory pick. I don't think that that's going to be the case. And I would hope that they would be more open to trading some of those picks because although we've seen the Bengals engage in free agency, we've seen them obviously do their thing in the draft. We've never really seen them for, for the most part, trade those picks for other players, like just straight up. Like we've seen the Cordy Glenn trade, but it's been a while since we've seen like the Bengals send, I don't know, the Washington football team last year, a fifth rounder and a third rounder for Trent Williams. We've never seen them do anything like that. So it seems like they still plan on keeping that approach, which I'm not mad at, uh, but um, I thought that that was interesting. The biggest ones I remember are like Reggie Nelson. Uh, what's the corner that they traded for? I think he played for the Cowboys or something like that. It was like two, three years ago. And I don't, I don't they know. traded him, I think, to the Cowboys. It was like a corner that we had brought in and we traded him. We didn't have a roster spot for him, so we traded him to uh, the Cowboys. Um, but, yeah, they, they very rarely do it. But I think this is a very unique year where they're going to do it, um, where I think you might see one or two of those. But Duke was uncommittal about Gino, like you said. He was very uncommittal about giving up draft capital. That's what he's supposed to say at the presser, you know. Like, he's not going to come out there and say, oh, yeah, 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 we're, we're looking to trade away all of our picks for this stuff. So I, I didn't get too much from that initial one. Like I said, someone told me that uh, we might see Duke a couple times this week, so I'll be on lookout for that, I guess. Um, it won't be us. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind interviewing Duke Tobin, but uh, it would be us. But I, I definitely had some really good questions that aren't about jerseys that I would ask him based off of just that press conference because right. this is a very unique scenario. And he pointed to the point – he pointed to the fact that the Bengals aren't in Cap Hill and they're one of only like – there's only seven or eight teams that I feel are in a really, really good con- position. You know, mm-hmm. to make moves like that with over twenty plus mil in cap space, there's only about six or seventeen. So a lot of a lot of Bengals fans that say, "Man, they're not going to do anything." You got to think this year they have to make they have to push it to that, but the cap is 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 supposed to rise thirty million after that. So a lot of like if they were to allocate money to somebody, it may not look like the greatest deal on earth. Like if it was a big signing, but the following year. I mean, it's raising so high that I don't think it puts you in any type of cap type of thing. And like you just said, you know, uh, he was there, – there were a lot of different points that, you know, that I think you just caught – you just hit on the nail right there. So I think for mm-hmm. the most part, like, I think look for the Bengals to do a lot of stuff in free agency because they have the space to do it. But more so, there are a lot of mid-tier and above-average guys that will be searching for spots because they're going to be victims of cap cap casualty and guys that normally will probably latch onto a team pretty quick. They're not going to have that same luxury this year because teams just don't have the cap space to do it. No, nah, that's facts. And I think the other thing you hit on too is like people are asking them who's who they're going to franchise. And we saw a report, I think it came out yesterday or today, the NFL still hasn't decided on what the salary cap is. So, there's already been talk about them pushing back 
are delaying like the tag deadline, which would be tomorrow because teams just don't know that. So you don't want to go out and tag somebody not knowing obviously how much money you're going to have to play with. Cause when you tag someone that's guaranteed. So, but yeah, I think Zim hit on some great points there. Diddy, I saw what you said that has happened before. I've been critical in the past and we've had like players and people come on here. And I actually like that because I'm just going to keep it real and, and try to be the same like ace that I am. But at the same time, I'm always willing to hear their side. I think we had Sean Williams on. And once he explained certain things to me, it completely changed my opinion. And I had way more respect for him. So I think the Ricardo Allen visit to a lot of people were talking about it. You got to think Sean Williams probably based off of our interview where he was saying, hey, I want to be a captain this upcoming year. Um, I'm fighting for a role. And then now, you know, he's going to free agency most likely, right? I think the writing's on the wall. He's not coming back. So a lot of people ask me about the Ricardo Allen thing. There's a, a direct connection to Lou, once again. Um, but they're not – they didn't bring in Ricardo Allen to, to unseat Jesse Bates. But I think that that's the new backup is somebody potentially like that. So uh, um, people were asking me why they bring in Ricardo Allen at this point. I think because right now, even Duke's helping said this too, you have to be able to go on Zoom with a lot of these guys right now. And if a guy was released, you know, like you can talk to him right now, you can bring him in. I think right now you wouldn't see the signings on some of these guys just simply because A said, you got to see what's going to happen this week. A lot of guys are going to be coming off the books. So before you even make a move, like they did some of the easy moves like Jalen Davis. Or Clark Harris, like they knocked those out because that that has no cap implications at all. So you're right. going to see moves like that are just knocked out of the way. But some of these other guys that normally would get a little deal, one two year deal, or whatever, like it's going to be very very scarce. There's going to be a lot of guys just talking about retirement. There's going to be a lot of guys sitting there like waiting because the thirty year old reportedly. Yeah, Man, there's a lot of guys that are like 31, but I'm talking about like even some 32 year old guys that normally probably go get a one year, two year deal or something like that, like a Tyler right. Eifert type guy, whatever. It's going to be really hard for teams to sign a guy like that unless they're trying to get the league minimum. I just right. can't even see somebody like that latching onto a team unless it's like a camp injury or something like that. There's going to be guys that are going to get pushed out of the league right now. Like if you look at the Steelers, what they did just to get. Six million cat room. They can't sign any of those mid-tier type of guys or anything like that. They can only sign like their necessities and needs. Most teams don't have the luxury that we have right now. No, that's facts. That's facts. So uh, we came to you guys with this one. This was kind of an emergency podcast. So there's going to be certain things off in terms of quality and stuff like that. So we hope that you guys bear with us. But obviously, we'll be coming to you guys uh, with the Orange is the New Black podcast. Uh, in its form. And we're doing some things behind the scenes, working on some things to make this thing even bigger. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but before before we get out of here, please be sure to follow Zim at Zim underscore Hooday on Instagram, um, at Zim Hooday on Twitter. Follow me at New Stripe City on Twitter and Instagram. Zim, you have something to say? Follow my YouTube. I'm getting so close to 1000. And I promise y'all, like my YouTube is not going to be normal once I start getting like the subscribers is not going to be normal. Like I have some really, really cool stuff that is playing that nobody else I feel like is doing. So I have some of that stuff in the mix. Continue to follow as always. We're going to try to do like some more of these quick, like emergency ones or whatever, and take advantage of 
I've seen a, a, a big calling for these jerseys. And, you know, initially, remember we were talking Ace, I was like, I don't care what they were. Me talking to fans, talking to people, talking to you guys on Twitter kind of opened my eyes a little bit more to, like, the importance of the jersey. And if it hadn't been for the fans, I probably wouldn't I, I wouldn't even care because I got so stuck in the enamored on winning that I just right. was like, I don't care what they wear. You know, I'm still like that to a certain extent. But hearing feedback from people and stuff like that, I know that we had to talk about these jerseys. I would say stay patient on these jerseys, though, people. Like, wait till they drop it for real. They do a hype video, drop them. You might still say you hate them. It might because a lot of people just want the design that they want. I think from what I saw, it's pretty solid. I encourage you guys to, like, try to just wait that out and just see. But that's all I have for y'all. Who they? Uh, appreciate y'all rocking with us. Nice little lunchtime uh, special that we just gave y'all. Hopefully you're eating a good sandwich. Now, no mayonnaise. No mayonnaise. No mayonnaise. <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy. This has been the Orange is the New Black Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to Zim's channel. I think last time I looked, he's at 965. I know that there's at least 45. We got 69 people in here. 45 of y'all know at least 45 people to get this man to 1,000. So stay tuned on that, but definitely hit that subscribe button and that like button. And definitely be sure to share Zim's channel with all of your Bengals friends and anybody in any place that you know where it is because we already know what Zim brings as far as content. So let's make sure that he gets that 1K. Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day, man. Who there? Who that? Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in